on this episode, a giant rat nearly takes down Buttonwillow, Max Verstappen quits racing, Malcolm the Middle goes racing, the car market goes soft, Nissan schools BMW, and I quit track life. Let's start the show. This thing is a freaking monster. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 91 Octane. I am John uh, for the second iteration of the solo podcast. We're getting right under the hood and covering our headlines. The first of which, California is getting a new racetrack, but a giant rat almost stopped it from happening. So Bone Willow Raceway is ready uh, to drop track two of their oh-so-popular mixtape. And anyone who spent any amount of time at the track recognizes the Button Willow name in SoCal, uh, 13CW specifically. Um, I think, like, when I started tracking, like, a lot of people said the same thing. Uh, yeah, everybody talks about their Button Willow clockwise 13 time. That's kind of how everybody compares who's fast and who's not. Uh, kind of odd that it landed at that track, but that track, there's also a lot of testing done there by a lot of OEMs. So it's a popular track. Um, so popular that 326 out of the 356 days in a year last year uh, were busy, uh, according to Les Phillips, the Button Willow president. Um, so they said, it's time for a new track. Um, you know, we've got an increased number of attendees. There's a need for it. Let's install it. In uh, the new track, aptly named Track 2, at least so far, is a 10-turn road course spanning 2.5 miles. Um, it's, as far as I can tell, it looks pretty cool. There's a couple videos of it online. Um, it, it, I guess it's expected to be more flowy. Um, who knows? I think until I actually drive it, I won't know. Uh, but it is being built to FIA level 4 grade standards. standards. So there's going to be a lot of runoff. It's going to be very safe. Um, you know, as with any, uh, performance level driving, there's always a risk element, but Button Willow is, uh, taking the next step and making sure that we're all safe out there. The track, um, is going to be 40 feet wide, at least during most of it. The main straight is actually 50 feet wide. Uh, and again, with tons of runoff, um, and that'll actually come to play, uh, a bit later when we're talking about the actual rat. Um, so the runoff, of course, it helps people be a little more confident at the track. And it also helps, uh, those of you that sort of run out of talent out there. Like, uh, sometimes I've done, you know, we're all guilty of it. Now, Button Willow is going green. The road base is a hundred percent recycled material from an I-5 project 10 miles north of Button Willow. Like they literally recycled the the concrete. Um they recycled the concrete, uh processed it, reused it, and it's supposed to be extremely sturdy. And then on top of that, they have a rubberized asphalt being put down. Um, that is actually 25% recycled asphalt, and it includes rubber pellets from shredded tires. 
And this is to help with the consistency of hot track conditions. And not only that, right, it has the benefit of having a reduced cost. So they've been saving a lot of money on actually transporting a lot of these mater materials to Button Willow because it's all essentially locally sourced. Uh, it's, it's our first farm-to-table track uh, for anyone uh, that goes that route. Now, the the lead that I think up to this point has been buried uh, entirely. I mean, from, from beginning to end, we finally got a post on the Button Willow Instagram page uh, about this rat, I don't know, might have been three days ago uh, from, this from when this podcast was recorded. Um, there was actually a rat um, that originally was rumored was found due to uh, its own feces, which I thought was hilarious, but... I have not been able to confirm that statement. Now, Bunt Willow did come out and state that uh, the giant kangaroo bat was a uh, rat, which is a critically endangered animal, um, was actually found on Bunt Willow premises where they wanted to put this track down, and it was deceased. Um, now, the the <laughs> the comments on the Instagram page uh, are, you know, understandably upset. Like, how are we going to do this for? a dead rat uh but realistically if it's an endangered animal and there's one there i think it's more than likely there might be more right i think that's probably the the logic being used um to to impose these restrictions the good thing though is that we still got a track unfortunately for the button willow boys the management over there um, the situation is much more difficult, right? It's easy for me to say that here because I'm not the one going through building this track for the last, uh, it seems, I don't know, like eight years, I think they said, 2016. Um, and so I'd be very frustrated if that were me as well. But it looks like in June or July of this year, somewhere around that time, we are going to get this track um it, it's it's pretty cool that uh you know in california we're so spoiled um uh, that we are continuing to get new tracks uh on top of already the giant number of tracks we have out here um so please go appreciate them make sure that you're going out there and, and using these tracks because that means we'll just get more in the future now um it's pretty. What I think is pretty cool about this, though, in the end, is that I think we might have our first track with a biological preserve in the center of it. It's essentially like riding a track in a zoo almost. You're really not going to see the uh, the rat, probably. I mean, it's going to be burrowing its burrowing in its hole or whatever. Uh, but I mean, it is pretty cool that you know we're sort of part of conservation in a way. I, I know that the real uh, uh, you know, people that are going green are probably going to be like, well, you're putting a track on the land. That's that's actually goes against anything green. But at least we are doing it in a responsible manner, right? I mean, uh, the, the preservation uh, is maintained and we continue to have fun. Now, uh, w the one thing that I mentioned earlier would come into play um, is that the configuration of the track is actually clockwise. And it seems that the reason it will not be going counterclockwise is because uh, one of the turns actually runs off directly into the habitat um, of the giant kangaroo rat. So if we're running it counterclockwise, there's no risk of doing that. So um, even 
it's even gone as far as to decide what direction the the track is going to go in, which is incredible. Um, and cool, right? I know you can think of it negatively and be like, oh, well, it's just a rat and it was dead. Like, who cares? Um, but, you know, I think it's pretty cool that we're trying to conserve nature. I think we can do both, right? We can conserve nature and we can have our fun. Um, you, know, you know, I wish it would have been easier for... Um, for those at button willow but you know at least we're here now so we'll probably be there in june or july hopefully i get to experience it and put some times down uh you know there's op there's an opportunity to hold like some sort of record right in a new track it'll probably be short-lived for me but at least we'll try in our next headline max verstappen has quit racing and it's not that racing that was a total clickbait thing it's sim racing. So drama uh, has unfolded in this year's Le Mans Virtual, um, which led Max Verstappen to quit mid-game. Now, Le Mans Virtual is a yearly race in Le Mans, right, in a sim track um, with, you know, some big names that enter. Uh, it's co considered at this point one of the biggest sim racing events in the world, uh, and it's run by Motorsport Games, who owns R-Factor 2, and they own the exclusive rights to Le Mans. So they're the only ones that can run there um, on a sim. Um, so, and and the story is that uh, even leading up to the, this event, there was trouble. Um, there's known struggle with like screen freezes and disconnects in the game. Um, you know, there are sim racers online, like on YouTube, that said they started playing it, but eventually fell off due to all these issues. So they have sort of a reputation for poor connectivity as it is. But despite that, the entry fee for Le Mans Virtual is 2,000 euros. Let's park it here. 2,000 euros. That's, oh my God, how many track days is that? Let's say on the expensive side, $300 for a track day. I don't know what the conversion rate is on the euros right now, but let's call it 2200. So, 3 into 22, 7 7 track days. Or one Le Mans event uh on on a sim. I don't know. I I think it's an easy choice. I think it's a very easy choice to go to the track but you know it is what it is it looks like big names are getting in this you know maybe it's a it's a way to prove yourself i'm also not like immersed in the world of sim although i do dabble um so maybe this is just a whole different world and i'm just being a boomer right now now in the actual event when it rolled around some cars got disconnected so in the first time it was hours in and every time someone gets disconnected they lose a lap and they lose the lap they're on. So technically, they need to make up two laps in order to be where they were before they got disconnected. An hour later from it uh, uh, coming back on, the server, the server shuts down and there's a red flag for an hour and 15 minutes. It th There's literally nothing for an hour and 15 minutes. There's like footage online of like the announcers trying to fill time. Uh, but an hour and 15 minutes, that's uh, that's a lot of time. It finally comes on, and another hour later, there's another red flag and a shutdown period for one and a half hours. They had to move to a new server completely 
Um, and when the race restarted, the game was a mess, right? They've, they've moved entire servers at this point. There's a lot of things that they probably didn't carry over or, or some patches they, uh, they drew up that didn't make it in the, in the, when transferring the data, who knows, right? But the game is a mess. Um, and people are just getting disconnected left and right. They even at one point shut down the rain animation on the game to help improve with the disconnects and the issues uh, with a game that these people have played paid 2,000 euros to play. And Max Verstappen is actually one of the drivers for Team Redline. And uh, a few hours um, into the new server, he gets hit with another disconnect. And race control decides not to give him his laps back. And, I mean, on top of getting disconnected multiple times, he is now being told by race control, we're not giving you those laps back. Just jump back into the game, um, and we're fine. And he was running, like, P16 uh, or something like that, which, of course, for him, that's not really worth it. He's no longer competitive. Um, And they decided not to continue. Yeah, yeah, Max, we're not getting the, um, we're not getting the, the lap back. Yeah, we need two laps, but uh, what it is, they call it, uh, it's amazingly bad luck. Well, this is just incompetence. They can't even, like, control their own game. And this is already the third time this happens to me now that I get kicked off the, the game while doing this race. So it's also the last time I'm ever participating. Because what's the point? You prepare for five months to try and win this championship. You're leading the championship. You're trying to win this race, which you prepare for two months. And they they handle it like this. I mean, there have been two red flags. They blame it on, I don't even know what, people DDoSing the server. Then uh, they, re- they, they cancel the rain because probably that's already a big influence. And then people are still getting disconnected. And now, of, of course, at one point also, we were hit by it. And then... They're just not dealing with it because they they need more even more people to disconnect. <laughs> it's just uh, it's a, honestly it's a joke. It's not even you cannot call this a, an event, a, a clown show. I think I have more chance if I go to Vegas and I'm just gonna go to the casino. I think I have more chance to win. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably have a better chance in Vegas, and with two thousand euros, you'll probably uh you'll probably have some fun. At the very least, uh, that was Max Verstappen, in case you didn't know, and that's him complaining about being disconnected and not getting his laps back. And the things you, I think you need to key on is that RF2 is claiming they got uh, a DDoS, were under a DDoS attack. So that's when, essentially, a bunch of uh, people overwhelm the servers uh, by pinging the IP, um, and then that messes with the performance of the system. Um, now, this is where it gets juicy because um, apparently the reason they had this attack is because they left the IP dr- addresses completely exposed on their server browser. This is like it, it's it, it's like buying a billboard sign for this IP address for 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 people do, that enjoy doing these DDoS attacks. That's essentially what you're doing. You're you're saying here. This is exactly what you need 
to shut down our system and make this event completely miserable for everybody. So although they think they're defending themselves with this statement, um, this is actually incriminating themselves uh, because some Reddit uh, detectives actually went in and looked at their configuration, essentially their system, and found um, that the IP addresses were completely exposed. So it isn't that you know we're assuming this. This has now been proven. So they all these this team had enough money to pay for the license for Le Mans, but did not have enough money to invest in the security required to not have Max Verstappen denounce your game. He even went on Discord after this and basically said, if you have this game installed on your on your computer, laptop, whatever it may be, delete it. Uh, he's never competing again. Uh, this wouldn't happen in other games, which everybody's speculating he's alluding to iRacing. Um, and he's actually encouraging people to follow his lead. Um, he says, we can build something nice somewhere else because all of us teams, brands, and drivers deserve it. So he was very upset by the situation, and I think justifiably. Uh, you know, Like he stated, he, there was five months of prep for this race, and two months of prep for Le Mans. Like it, it isn't like he just stepped in and did it. Like nobody just just steps in and competes at a very high level. You have to practice it. Um, so it's a big investment on his part for for this to just be a very horrible experience. I understand why he quit. We'll see where he ends up, and we'll see where RF2 ends up. I mean, they've got to figure something out. And I think they have an Indy race coming up too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens then. Into our next headline. Malcolm in the Middle has once again left us saying, Life is unfair. Okay, that was pretty bad. Frankie Muniz has announced he will compete full-time in the NASCAR-owned ARCA series. Um, I remember, I don't know, it was like back in 2005, somewhere around that time, there was a celebrity race. Um, it was at Long Beach. And I remember seeing uh, Malcolm, we're going to call him Malcolm from now on, um, you know, racing. Uh, and I, th I don't think he went, I think he got second place in that race, but I thought it was pretty cool. And that was a long time ago. I was, it's 2005. I was still a baby, not literally, but, um, I, I thought it was pretty cool. And I, you know, I followed sort of, uh, when you stumble on information about, you know, this uh, person, Frankie Muniz, um, you know, he was always around cars. I think he, he was also punked once by Ashton Kutcher in which uh, Ashton stole his Porsche, faked stealing it or whatever, and, and got him and pranked him. So he's always been around cars. He is a car guy. Um, but the Internet is also kind of split on this because the question is, does he deserve it? And Frankie will be driving the number 30 Mustang for Rhett Jones Racing. A lot of, a, a lot of people are saying, you know, he's taking somebody's seat and um you know i'm i'm i would say i'm 50 percent guilty of this not completely because i i did kind of think like well what why does he merit this you know like why what did he did he earn this position did he buy this position um but i don't think it matters i think that's why i'm 50 percent because everybody's you know rabble rabble he's taking people's seats he's 
you know, it could have been someone else, someone who has been trying their whole life and whatever. But if you guys were rich child stars with a, bu- with a bunch of time on your hands, uh, I think you would do the same thing, right? And, like, uh, he's still he's passionate about it. At least it's not like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who it would be. I don't know, Kim Kardashian jumping into a race car, like, right now. Like, no merit. Like, that maybe, maybe you can question that. Uh, but he's sort of been in the car world for long enough. So what I'm saying is if you're a car guy, no matter how you get the opportunity, you're going to enjoy that opportunity. Um, and it's really not a matter of deserved or doesn't deserve. Now that said, we did look him up on driver DB and he has a total of 53 races under his belt of those 53 races four are podiums. There are no wins, but he did podium, and two of those podiums were celebrity races. Uh, in most other races, he actually finished in the back of the pack. I mean, it's um, if we're talking numbers, that's where you start thinking, okay, maybe it's not crazy to think, you know, that you know he's he's taking someone's spot. Like maybe it could be somebody that's been trying to break in uh, for the last 10 years and doing well. Um, but like I said, I mean, he's a car guy. I think he's going to enjoy it. I would do the same if I was in, pos- in his position. So power to him. And also, this is great for Arca. I mean, it'll bring more eyes to the sport. And realistically, how many of you have heard of Arca before this? I mean, ask yourself that. And maybe you've heard of it, but how frequently are you keeping up with it, hearing about it? I don't know. I think this is good for the sport. It's good for the team that he's running with, Brett Jones Racing, obviously. I think there are mutual benefits all around, so it'd be interesting to see how his season goes. Now, if Malcolm just ever decides to give up his seat, there is a 13-year-old girl in Nebraska that is ready to take it. A 13-year-old girl in Nebraska led troopers on a 100-mile-per-hour chase. The chase lasted 15 minutes with the 13-year-old from Colorado and her Nissan Pathfinder topping 100 miles per hour. Now, I do not condone this behavior, uh, but when I was 13 years old, I don't think I would have been able to take a car to 100 miles per hour. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I would have been able to do that at 13. So uh, they get down in Colorado. And uh, she did this in Nebraska. But they said she's from Colorado, the authority said. And the chase occurred around 9.30 p.m. Uh, last Monday. Now it would be last, last Monday. Uh, and the Nebraska trooper spotted the Pathfinder driving on the I-80 at about 35 miles per hour. So she started very slow. It's almost like she was, like, goading the, the trooper, uh, maybe, right? 35 miles on the freeway, f- miles per hour on the freeway is extremely slow. Now, the trooper attempted to pull the vehicle odor, uh, over, and the rowdy Pathfinder had entirely different ideas. Um, they went on that 15-minute chase and on uh, multiple times topped 100 miles per hour. Now, it didn't say that they were 100 miles per hour pinned for uh, you know those 15 minutes, but they did cross that barrier. They finally slowed the car down with stop sticks, and the trooper was eventually able to maneuver the car to stop without incident. The troopers did find a firearm, a small amount of pot, and an 11-year-old boy in the car with her. Where are these kids' parents? 
Like, what is this? They're they're like they're like practicing to be Bonnie and Clyde. That's just way too young. So, this ragtag duo does need to take it to the track. Um, you know, hopefully under supervision of their parents, uh, because that level of bravery will get you far at the track. I think. Um, and, and what they're doing right now is very dangerous. So, watch out, Malcolm. Now, get out your tiny violins. Because resellers are losing money. So the wild car market is finally showing signs of weakness uh, with the GR Corolla and the Civic Type R. They failed to sell more than the markup the resellers paid. So both of these cars were listed over the past few weeks on cars and bids. Starting with the GR Corolla, it sold at no reserve for $48,550. That is $8,427 over MSRP. Now, the seller did not mention uh, you know, how much they actually paid for it, but they did comment that they paid well over uh, the, the, what the car sold for. Um, so they're already losing. Now, this seller claims that he managed to get an allocation for a different car and needed to sell this one uh, to be able to afford the other car. That could be true. That couldn't be true. I don't know. But point is, the market is softening. Now, the next car, the Civic Type R, um, the listing's description actually included the sticker price. So the dealer markup was of $20,000 with a final price of $67,678 for a Civic Type R. Fine. So the car was listed with a reserve. This one actually had a reserve, and the final bid was low enough that the car didn't sell. The final bid for the car was $49,000, which is $5,000 over MSRP. So um, I do think that the $67,000 actually acted as an anchor here. Um, I think it drove people bidding to think that it was worth. Like That's the number that's not, that they're now getting measured against. Um, so it did anchor people, I think, into into probably inflating a, a little more. I don't think you could get away with no markup on the Civic Type R right now, but five thousand is not that much compared to the twenty thousand that was on the actual listing of the car. Um, no one really knows why these people were reselling. We're really only assuming they're resellers. Uh, but what is true is that we need to stop paying dealer markups. I mean, the market has spoken at this point, right? Like it's, there's, there's no reason to do it. Uh, we have data now that says you shouldn't be paying that for this car. Um, so let's move forward accordingly. Now, BMW needs to start taking some lessons from Nissan. The 2023 Nissan Z is getting an improved grill. So there were some comments on the release of the uh, new Z's grill, the what was referred to as the 400Z at one point. Now the Z, there's also a Proto Z version. Um, it was nothing compared to the G80 M3's Beaver Teeth, like at all. But it it did get a, some controversy, right? Very very minimal. But on that minimal controversy. Nissan still decided to do something about it. They did get some positive feedback from uh, the OG-inspired Z concept car at last year's Tokyo Auto Salon, um, in which they had that split grill. 
Uh, now Nissan's going to take that and put it into production and make it available as a dealer installed option. So this is supposed to happen sometime mid-year. Now what we don't know is if uh, it's going to be available in the United States. I think if it's not sold uh, in the United States by Nissan, it'll probably be imported at some point uh, by somebody. Uh, maybe I should invest in that. I don't know. But I, I think it will. Um, you know, hopefully we get good uh, good news out here for the Nissan Z owners. I don't know that I will have one, but it'd be pretty pretty cool um, if that if they made that available and if BMW would start listening to Nissan and get rid of or improve on that ridiculous grill that is on the GADM3. Now I will say, speaking on the GADM3, um, I've seen some good ones. I've seen some. I'm seeing some that'll that'll that are doing it right, um, you know, in terms of that car. But I still don't feel like it'd be a car that I'd want to spend, you know, eighty thousand dollars on. It's just I, I don't know that front end. It it needs still needs something different for me. But that's not new. That's not new at all. But those are your headlines for this week. Now, I did mention at the start of this episode that I'm quitting track life. But specifically, I'm quitting NASA. Um, there's some drama-rama going on uh, with NASA right now a little bit. Even uh, I even had some, um, some NASA uh, racers from the East Coast uh, message me about uh, in, you know, price shenanigans and how expensive it's getting. Um, which I thought was odd because it's sort of the same theme over here. You know, last year, my tech inspection went from $5 the years prior to $20, which I thought was insane for something that you did essentially before every track weekend. Uh, so that's an extra $20 on top of your fees, um, you know, which doesn't seem like too much, but it adds up, you know, when you start thinking about tires and brakes and all the stuff that you have to put on the car to do this. Now, Track days started to get more expensive, too, um, which I thought was odd. And it's just I did the math over the year and it was way too big of an investment for what I was getting, especially since a lot of the other organizations out here in California using the same tracks aren't charging those prices. So it's. You know, I feel like, you know, maybe there's it's. You know, you, everyone has to make their money. That makes sense. Everyone has to make their money. Um, I get it. But, you know, for, I don't know, weekend warriors, essentially, this isn't really ideal, right? We want sort of budget track life. You know, budget track life needs to remain grassroots. The grassroots track lifestyle needs to stay, even if all the cars get super advanced and they become EVs and everyone's fast. That's, that's fine, right? Uh, there's going to be a grassroots element. We'll keep the E36 alive forever. Probably not. But um, it, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Like If I have to spend that much money just to be on the tarmac, it's just not worth it. I mean, we have to spend so much money on the car as it is. Um, you know, I think, I think there's, there might be an element of working on the wrong thing right maybe maybe let's work on getting our numbers up more attendees at the track 
versus raising the prices. I don't know. I'm not the one that runs the business. But like I said, there's also some other drama behind the scenes that I can't really speak on, uh, mostly because I'm hearing it secondhand. Uh, but it's, you know, all some of it confirmed, uh, most of it confirmed. But out of respect for the people involved, we can't really talk on it. Um, I just can share my experiences. Um, and in order to win the championship, which is the goal for this year, um, I have to go full weekends. And I think with everything we're trying to do in 91 Octane at this point, with everything that, uh, you know, we're trying to uh, figure out the track, right, with everything we have to spend on the car, I, it just doesn't make any sense to to do full weekends, just, just considering time, right, just considering time. So I think we... Uh, think we're, we're foregoing NASA. Now, I won't say I quit NASA. Maybe it's a hiatus. I don't know. Maybe things change going forward. Maybe, you know, it improves. The situation improves or something changes. I don't know. Um, we can start attending those events again because I, I do want to do uh, end up in wheel to wheel. Um, and, you know, right now doing time trials, it's cool. Uh, but I want to end up wheel to wheel racing. And there's the the organizations that do that are even more limited. So NASA being one of the bigger ones. Um, so maybe we go back for that, but hopefully by that time, uh, things have include, uh, things have improved now. Um, with leaving NASA, I have to look for other options. I'm not just going to sell the car, right? I'm not actually quitting track life. Track life is here to stay. Of course, forever. I hope though, as long as I can do it right now, uh, the options are random track days, but you know, I, I want to compete. So that's not very favorable. Porsche club, shout out to Carlos. Um, there's an option to run there, but then their events seem very limited too. So, um, I don't think that's a good option. Plus, uh, there's just a whole nother rule book to figure out. Um, and it, I don't know, like, it doesn't seem like they're up to date at least with that stuff. Now, Grid Life is coming out west, which is pretty cool. They're going to be at Willow Springs. But, again, they don't have a lot. I think it's just one event in the west coast. If I would want to run all their events, I would have to go to the east coast, which, again, that's not that's not very cost prohibitive. Um, so then we're left with, uh, you know, these aren't exhaustive options, but the last option that I came up was Beamer Challenge. Now, I've been looking to do Beamer Challenge even last year, um, I wanted to step into a few track days with them, but the timing just didn't really work out. But this year, all the dates seem to be okay, or at least most of the dates seem to be okay, um, and I can run with them. Now, the advantages there is that they run one day a weekend, so that's lower cost, right? And um, it's Beamer only, which that has its pros and cons. I do like being out on the track with a variety of different cars. I think that's pretty cool. I think that introduces another variable, another element of a challenge. Um, but, I mean, it's pretty cool to you run with a bunch of Beamers out there. Now, it's not just one spec, right, or one uh, particular uh, model of car. It's a variety of different BMWs. So we are getting some variety there. Now, um, the big thing with them is that they seem to be up to date with their technology because on their website, you can easily calculate, um, you know, where, where you class according to what parts you put on the car, 
what car what your car actually is, some weight reduction stuff. Um, it's very easy. You literally just check some boxes, and then at the bottom it says. You uh, you're in class B3, B2, B1, B4, B5, whatever it may be. Um, so that makes the situation very easy and made it easy for me to be able to track my car against what I was doing with NASA TT5. So I always wanted to make sure I wasn't too far away from being optimized in one of those classes in case I wanted to go that route. So it was always sort of a backup plan. And another what I would consider an advantage is, is that the least experienced tracks on the schedule um, are essentially on their calendar, my least experienced tracks. So Button Willow, I've been there twice. Chuck Walla, I've never been. Streets of, Willow, Streets of Willow, I've been once in a Kia Rio. Sonoma, never win. Button Willow Track 2, which is on their schedule, obviously I've never been. It's not around yet. And Big Willow, which is my favorite track. So they do go to Big Willow once, uh, which is pretty cool. So on my schedule... I get to visit my favorite track, and I also get the experience of learning new configurations. Now, that, that, that the challenge here is that I'm now trying to win a championship, not really driving a lot of these tracks. Um, luckily, we live in the future, so I can literally plug into a computer and drive through these tracks. Of course, it's not going to cover all the bases in terms of being out on track but at the very least it's actually setting me up in terms of memorizing the track in terms of knowing the turns my shift points where to break yada 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 you know that so I, I can work on all that muscle memory stuff before getting out there and that's exactly what I tend to do um and and I mean it just makes sense uh to do this because of where the car is now in terms of classing um NASA in NASA, I was set up with a TT5 car. Uh, luckily, I had the car weighed, so the classification gave me the numbers that I need to play around with to make sure that I was optimized for uh, Beamer Challenge. Now, it was between B4 and B5 in terms of the classes, but the problem was I haven't really taken enough weight out of the car to be fully optimized for B4. In B4, I could have ran a wing. I could have run uh, a front lip. I could have run 400 pounds of uh, weight reduction. I could have run um, headers uh, and a full exhaust, delete the cats, you know, the full suspension, everything, right? But in B5, um, I have to remove parts. Uh, but I, I, I essentially can run there because... I have I have no need to reduce uh, the car's weight as much. I actually had to add ha would have to add weight back in, um, and reducing the car's weight by hundreds of pounds is not easy to do. Um, but I do still have <laughs> I do still have the speakers. I still have an amp. I still have door cards. I I think the only thing I don't have is like carpet. I removed the carpet and the uh, sunroof. And but I added the um, uh, roll bar, so so I added weight back in. Um, and knowing the weight of the car, I weighed in, it weighed in at thirty fifty um, last time it was weighed. So this was last year. Uh, and the uh, Beamer Challenge rates the E thirty six M three at thirty one fifty. So. Um, 
it's 100 pounds off from stock weight, which is exactly against um, the rules that we looked at with Beamer Challenge. Um, so I, I essentially am optimized for B4 as long as I do a couple of things. Now, Beamer Challenge gives you up to two points to play with, right? Meaning anything up to that is calculated as two points or under is qualified as B5. Um, so that's essentially what we were aiming for. So in order to do that with my car, uh, which now I've decided to go B5, uh, we needed to take the E36M3's chassis and start stock. Then we drop 100 pounds, so that gains us a point. And the E36M3 actually starts at negative three points. Um, you know, when you select that in their calculator. So you get negative three points, which essentially gives you five whole points to play with. Um, different cars, depending on their power levels, power to weight ratios, you just select their drop down, and then would actually give you how many points you can play with. So I've got five points. Dropping 100 pounds uh, gives me a point. Um, all I'm gonna, I am gonna put the passenger Sparco back in, just as a safety measure, or maybe some wiggle room if they do weigh the car. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the seat weighs like 35 pounds or so, which I'd be fine running with. It's not a significant enough weight, but it is giving me, giving me some wiggle room, so then I can run with less fuel. Because I think I had three quarters of a tank when I got weighed last time. So maybe I'll run half a tank this time and uh, and put the seat in. So then I'll be good there. Um, so the new total is negative two, right? I got a few more points to play with. So I'm running 100 Treadwear Maxxis RC1s. And uh, this adds one and a half points. I didn't want to buy a new set yet. And I do have uh, some Falcons RT660s. But those add uh, more points than the 100 Treadwares do. So I'm going to run these, even though they have four track days on them. Uh, it's probably their last trip to the track with Buntwillow. Hopefully, um, maybe I'll get a, an extra one, uh, maybe a practice day before I get into a new set. But that's essentially what I'm expecting. Um, so now my new total is a ha negative half a point. I did replace the headers on the car, and I'm going to be honest about the rules. Uh, they do uh, give you a half a point for headers. So, you know, I, I have headers and a full exhaust with deleted cats. Luckily, that's just one category um, that counts for the same amount of points. And um, now it's accounted for. So now my total is zero points. I have two more points to play with. I do get one and a half points for my suspension. So one-way coilovers get one and a half points. Um, and finally, the use of arrow. And this was sort of the biggest debate. The LTW wing that's already installed actually puts me over. So it puts me at two and a half points uh, and therefore disqualifies me from B5. And I'm nowhere near optimized for B6, which I think it's two to six points. I mean, uh, B4 is two to six points. Um, so I would want to be in the six point range, not the two point range for that class. Um, so I decided to go uh, remove the wing. Um, and the front splitter is only half a point, which puts me at exactly two points. So I'm sort of like optimizing the rules, um, against the car and, uh, I, I'm good to go. So I trust that the car is at the best configura configuration it could be, at least for now. And with the front, the front splitter, the theory is since we're going to bunt willow on the next trip, 
I'm not really going fast enough at Button Willow to effectively use the wing, right? And it's already it's already a wing that doesn't generate a lot of downforce. So I'm gonna run a splitter with that which which will increase the downforce in the front and reduce understeer, making it easier for me to turn the car. So hopefully the theory being that, you know, in some of those sharp turns at Button Willow, I'm getting in a little extra edge. Um, and, you know, we'll test that theory. I, I think it's sound, but we'll see if uh, it actually works. So front, front splitter it is. So now I have to spend this entire weekend doing the part I hate most about track life, which is working on the damn car. Uh, it, it's, I'm dreading it, but I think once, I, you know, once you get into it, it's fine. You kind of just, you know, put some tunes on and zone out and just work for a while. Cause I really, it's really not much. I, you know, fluids I've already done. Cause I was supposed to do an event for NASA a week or two weeks ago. Um, and because of the rain, uh, it was pouring rain. I decided not to participate in the event because, I mean, the tires are already on their last leg and I wanted to save them for Bunt Willow because I want to compete. Um, and the original plan for Auto Club was to get the record for TT5 with NASA. That was the original goal of that event at Auto Club. Um, and because it rained, it wasn't going to happen. It was really the only reason I was going to go at a certain point. Because I was like, yeah, I don't really want... I was already ready to leave NASA. I was already thinking of Beamer, Ch Beamer Challenge. But I really wanted to break this record. I had a 157 in TT5. The record was under a 156. And I, I think I had some pretty easy places to pick up that second. But unfortunately, Mother Nature had completely other ideas um, and left me at home. Uh, figuring out how I'm going to configure the car for Beamer Challenge and hopefully win a championship with them there. Uh, it is a bit of a tall task, not being familiar with a lot of these tracks, um, but I, you know, I think we're we're doing the right things. We're preparing the right way, um, so hopefully that helps us uh, get an advantage there. Am I going to win every race? Probably not. Absolutely not. I mean, I could probably confirm that immediately. Um, they're not races. I guess it's time trials. Uh, but you know, it, uh, I, I give myself a good, a good odds. I would say, don't, don't take my word for that. I mean, just don't bet on me. Let's say that I'll bet on me. Uh, you save your money. Just, just root me on from the sidelines. Um, and I think it'll be cool now. So, uh, this year we're, we are running with uh, Beamer challenge. Um, at least for now, you know, things can change throughout the year for whatever reason. Hopefully the car lasts the whole season, knock on wood. Uh, it's been pretty strong. There's no problems with it. I really just have to work on the modifications I have to do. I have to, you know, do the front splitter. I have to uh, remove the wing. I have to uh, install a seat, um, some fluids and such uh, that are left. I think I did most fluids. I might do the transmission fluid um, just because I got lazy and didn't do it before. Uh, and then I should be fine. Then I should be good to go. But we will see uh, where I end up, and I'll keep you guys up to date with where we go Thank you so much for tuning in. That is our show. You can find us at 91octane.com. That is all letters, no numbers. Also, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 91octane. And if you want to send us any emails, info at 91octane.com. Uh, some new things that might be coming up with uh, 91octane. We're sort of developing a bit of a mockumentary show, so hopefully that comes out. 
Um, you're going to see a lot more news on our Instagram, so just make sure you're following that. And, of course, we still have merch available, so go to 91octane.com. Use code BIGWILLOW uh, for 10% off your entire order. But that is our show. Good night.